Welcome to Around the Table. Being largely confined to our homes during this pandemic has a silver lining of more time with our families. It's an opportunity to step up our game as spiritual leaders in our homes. In part one of this series, Elder Brother Greg Lehman offers some practical tips for fathers. So the question that we want to consider tonight is, how are we providing spiritual messaging, spiritual leadership in our homes? And ask ourselves the question, if our spouses and our children, if their only input was what we're providing from a spiritual training and teaching perspective, how informed, how involved, and how inspired would they be? So this partially limiting quarantine has just increased my personal awareness, my alertness, and it's aroused me personally to improve the spiritual leadership in my own home. In Exodus 28.1, it's, it's a time where the high priests are actually called to their service, to their duty. And so I want to lay out the responsibilities of a high priest, and then we can start to talk about what that looks like from the perspective of us as fathers, us as leaders, whatever gender, I guess I could just say us as leaders in the home. I think each home recognizes that there is someone there who has spiritual responsibility. So one of the key purposes of a high priest was to oversee the operations of the tabernacle and help people maintain their relationship with God. We go on in Exodus 30. The whole chapter of Exodus 30 talks about the instrumentation and the articles of the tabernacle. And so you could go through it and you, as you scan it, if you have Exodus 30 open, you just look at some of the key points in there. The linen curtains, the gate, the bronze altar of burnt offerings, the laver. Now that's kind of a favorite word for me once. I, I didn't even know what a laver was until uh, Brother Willis Enley talked about it as a part of a baptismal service, that it was a, it, a laver was a pot that held the ceremonial washing water. And we know that is our baptismal troughs today. It holds that ceremonial baptismal water, washing water, that in and of itself doesn't make us clean. We're clean through the blood of Jesus. The tabernacle itself is there. It even talks about the boards and the holy place, the table of the showbread, the lampstand, the altar of incense, the most holy place, the ark, the mercy seat. So these are elements. They're, they're physical elements. They're instruments. They were an important part of the worship of the law. They were the responsibility of the priest to implement those. We can go on in Leviticus 21, beginning at verse 10 through verses 15. If you have again your Bibles open, it speaks to the purity required in the life and behavior of a high priest. It speaks about a sanctified life, as we would a consecrated life, something set apart for the service. And so today, let's, let's extrapolate that into us today. Today as spiritual leaders in our homes, there's a few questions defined by the example of the high priest, that, that they're a mirror. We can hold up that mirror and we can look into the Word and we can determine if we're reflecting the spiritual leadership that God calls us to. And so let's, ref- let's look at those through three things that would, would, would tie into Exodus 28, 30 and Leviticus 21. And let's start with purpose. We've had a lot of talk about purpose, a purpose statement in the church. A lot of businesses talk about purpose. And I'm not trying to say you need to sit down and write a purpose statement for yourself in the home. But a purpose, our purpose is really about what is our direction and our focus. 
And so I would think that it's, it's fair to us that a, that a primary focus or goal for us as a spiritual leader in our home is to lead our spouses, just like it was for the high priest, to lead the people to maintain their relationship with God. It's that we would lead our spouses and children to a more committed, intimate relationship with God through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who is, we know, the only way to the Father. So let's talk about our ability to do that and what what in your home could potentially be these physical elements. What could they be represented? The, the things that the priests use to carry out their worship. What are the things that we can use in our homes as high priests to carry out worship? They're fundamental. They're basic. We know this. I'm not, I don't think I'm, I'm going to share anything new to you, but it's, it, for me, it was a time to hold the mirror up and ask ourselves if we're practicing the fundamentals. Maybe not a fair analogy or tie-in, but a lot of times when I can remember back in in my days of, of my teen years and how coaches made it so important in whatever sport you played, that the first thing you had to do was practice the fundamentals. That without the fundamentals, it was hard to, to obtain victory. And I, I believe that's true in our spiritual leadership and in our spiritual warfare. Without the fundamentals, it's hard to maintain victory. So one of those clearly would be, are we leading in out loud prayer? Or do we do that at the supper table? Are there times, is there a time? I, I think we, as we talk about a few elements of worship here, one of the things to ask ourselves is just simply this. Have we established a family altar? Have we established a family mercy seat? Have we established a family labor? Are those elements in place? And so clearly as we come in prayer, we could ask ourselves this. Are your children, is your spouse, are they hearing your prayers? Are you hearing theirs? Are you kneeling with them beside their bed? We know that there's different ages and stages of life. Probably don't find too many of us kneeling beside the bed with our teenagers. But I've had opportunities, and I'm sure you have had too where a teenager comes in distress or a teenager has a decision to make, or even recently with one of my more adult children, I shouldn't say more adult, I should say my totally adult child, we had opportunity to just get on our knees together and to pray out loud and to hear how we bring our concerns to the heart of the Father. So are we hearing their prayers? Are they hearing our prayers? Do you engage your children in praying at the table? It's an opportunity for teaching how to pray through the years. One of the things we did, it's not that what we did was right or wrong or is a, even a model. I just share it as an example. We would have one of our children close our time around the table with a prayer. It was always interesting to hear what they prayed. Sometimes they prayed for things like that mommy would have more babies and that they would be twins, and it was always interesting to hear their hearts are we leading out, uh, uh, leading in the reading of the word? You know, I recognize this as we go through stages in our lives and sometimes our children separate themselves from corporate worship and they go on their way and they're pursuing their own desires. Sometimes the only Bible that our adult children are hearing is what they hear and where we've established our family altar. A lot of us do that again at the, at the kitchen table. At the, at, and uh, so... Whether that time that we've set apart for our family altar is our morning breakfast or our evening meal together. A time where they hear the reading of the word. 
creating environments where we talk about what we read. You know, there's a, a brother from Bluffton, and I know we have a brother from Bluffton. There's a brother that still lives in Bluffton. I've spent time with him and his family different times. And one of the things I've always learned from him is the tremendous ability he has to read the Bible and then to start this open-ended questions, converted and unconverted alike around his table, just to start open-ended questions and talk about the application of what they've read. Sometimes we look at these things as giftedness, and I want to talk about that a little later on. We see people and we say, well, the reason they can do that is because they're just gifted that way. But we'll address that. But I think it's also important as a high priest in our home that we recognize that there are age-appropriate teachings. There are times where we read really basic Bible stories to our young children. And there are times where we're very aware of the prevalent things in our society, unashamed to take on the issues that our society is forcing into our lives by taking a biblical perspective into the lives of our young adult children, of our spouses, to address their needs. So we've talked about the purpose. We've talked about the elements of worship. Let's talk about the sanctified life of a high priest. Are we living pure examples of holiness that our families can observe? observe? Using daily life to capture teaching moments on the principles of truths and define the Word of God. Do we have it written on the tables of our hearts? Do we show compassion and selflessness? Can they see those examples? You know, nothing speaks louder to our family in our daily life. Then our day, it's just then our daily life, what we do in our daily life. We vote with our time. We vote with our attention. We vote with our passions. We have to ask ourselves, are we too caught up in making a living? And, and have some of our lifestyles been extremely adjusted? I personally have been sent home. I, I'm working from home. It's been fascinating, the impact of that. There may be some, as we hear the economic impact of this, there may be some of you who will be laid off. Those bring concerns and burdens into our hearts. And sometimes even in my own self-centeredness, I, it was good for me to think of and be aroused to think about how has this impacted you as my brothers and sisters in your role and in your occupation. Some of you have like almost zero impact. And some of you will be extremely impacted. Our children are going to view our faith and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ as we lead our families through these impacts. One of those impacts can simply be our personal response to the requests of the leadership in our communities, in our health, our health officials and our government officials, as they ask us to make self-sacrifice when we feel no personal threat, potentially. Are we willing? And what do we say to our teenager who's been cooped up for two weeks now, who's at the end of their rope, and says this is the stupidest thing they've ever done in their lives. How do we respond in a biblical leading way? Let's turn to 1 Timothy together. 1 Timothy chapter 4. And there's just some, some a real call. And some of us may interpret this, this call in 1 Timothy chapter 4. We may think about this as 
I'm in 2 Timothy chapter 4. That didn't look right. Let's go. So we may think about this. Matter of fact, in, in the pulpit Bible, it says that these are pastoral examples and duties. But keep this in mind that the pastoral duty of spiritual leadership is not limited to a pulpit. We are not called tonight. We are not calling to a pulpit ministry. We're calling, we're not calling to a position in the church. We're calling to a way of life as a spiritual leader in the home ministering to the needs of our families. In first, in first Timothy chapter four, verse 16, it says this as he closes out the thought. He says, for in doing this, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. Is that not our desire for our families? So back to this question, not in an, not in a challenging way, but in an encouraging way that each one of us goes into our own lives and asks the question, I don't want to insinuate that it's not being done. I want to amplify. I want to amplify in my own life and amplify in your life the necessity for it to be being done. When it says this, that we will save thyself and them that hear thee, are they hearing us? What are they hearing from us? Are they hearing enough? But I want to go back. Let's just read this together. Let's read uh, from verse 11 to verse 16 together here in 1 Timothy chapter 4. These things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things, give thyself wholly to them, that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself, and unto the doctrine, continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt save, thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. So I want to address this, this issue of neglecting not the gift and giftedness. I shared that about this brother in Bluffton. And I, I, I recognize this. We, we have person, we have different personalities. Some of us are extroverts, some are introverts. And, and, uh, I appreciated, you know, brother Jeff talked a little bit about it in his Sunday service. And I've shared it before. I remember Bombeck said some people talk until they say something. Some people don't talk until they have something to say. And we recognize that we're in different places on that spectrum. And so sometimes if we feel like we're not a person of very many words and maybe teaching, is not something that comes natural to us. We, do we feel distracted? Do we feel inadequate? Do we feel insufficient? I just want to share a little story. A number of years ago, a sister shared a, t- a cassette tape series with me, which would date it. We were in the middle of raising four children that had been born in six years. And, and just thinking about parenting, it was a 12-tape series. And on one of those cassettes, I'll never forget this, there was a man who had raised more children than us, spread out over a period of years, and he was an incredibly disciplined, committed man. He held family devotions with his family every night. And when he says every night, I'm going to take him that. I'm going to assume that every night may mean that you miss a few, but it talks about the level of commitment. And he made this statement. I never, I, I, it, it's never left me. He said, I did it for whatever it was. It was 20-some closer to almost 30 years. And he said, I never, there never was a night where it came easy. You see, Satan doesn't want it to come easy for us to provide spiritual leadership in our homes. 
So that's the call in verse 16 as it starts out. It says, take heed unto thyself. Are we aware, alert, aroused? Do we consider this an opportunity to recalibrate our impact as spiritual leaders in our home? Do we understand how much our children and our spouses need our leadership, need our consistency? In 2001, when the, when the 9-11 issue hit, there was a, I was in the middle of a big weight loss push. And we were reading our Bible and saying our prayers one night. And uh, I had, I had uh, dropped weight like I never, I'd never been that thin uh, in our whole married life. I was 14 pounds below my wedding weight. And my wife said, Greg, it's times like this in the world when a woman needs to feel secure and you are a bag of bones. She said, why don't you put some weight on? And so I, I use that as this example to say, in the midst of this situation, our children want to feel security. Are we taking time to listen to our families, to their fears, to their frustrations, to their needs? Are we celebrating their victories? Are we picking them up when they're down? First John chapter 4, if you turn and scan through it, makes clear that we display our love for the Father by how we love one another. So just as an example again, just a practical example, and, and brothers and sisters and parents share these things with each other. We need, we need to exhort one another daily. We need to encourage each other during this time. These are times we have not gone through, and we need to be encouraged with tactical and practical examples. So one night this week, we sat down, we handed out scriptures on trust and peace, just randomly handed them out, and ask, as we went around the room, we just asked each one to share their thoughts on the verse that they had and how it applied to their lives now in this time. Thanks for listening. Check back soon for part two, which focuses on the important leadership role of mothers. Around the Table is a production of Onward Media, a communications ministry of the Apostolic Christian Church of America.